millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. I'm Rupert Bell and welcome to a special programme brought to you by TalkSport, Horses for Courses. On this TalkSport special, we're going to be discussing the world of racing and beyond with the legendary chef and TV presenter Michel Roux Jr., Join myself, my trusty sidekick, ex-pro jockey Lizzie Kelly, and the wine tipster Neil Phillips for a culinary adventure as we enter Michel's Le Gavroche restaurant for lunch with a difference. This is Horses for Courses. Now, I can't actually believe that we are here because go back to York this summer, the three of us stood outside the loos at York thinking of an idea and so we thought ah we'd sit round and chat to somebody and then Neil pipes up and says ah I know Michel Roux let's go to Le Gavroche and that's how it all turned about August this year so Michel um, from humble beginnings we come to this restaurant and that is the God's honest truth of how we've ended so we thank Neil but more importantly we thank you because I know and we all know that this is not the easiest time because you are so busy because we are going to be one of the last people to be eating in this iconic restaurant. So thank you. But um, is it mixed feelings now sort of as we come to the end of what has been, well, it's the holy grail for, for British cooking for years? Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that, that you were thinking this just outside of a toilet. It was a good toilet, though. It's what, it's true. Yeah, anyway, I, I think, you know, but to start us off, we should have uh, a little bit of fizz uh, and so that we can start this lunch uh, properly. And uh, Remy's here, he's got the bottle and it's uh, an English sparkling uh, to start off. And it's uh, just my way of saying thank you for choosing me as, as the first in the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and uh, you're having it here at Le Gavroche, quite rightly so. Um, we are going to be closing our doors very shortly for, for good. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's wonderful. It's, it's fitting that we should do this podcast together. Well, that's great, Michelle. Thank and, you. And I look around, you know, all these books and the history of this place. I mean, you as a family have set the stool because, well, Lizzie um, never has eaten until she retired as a jockey. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, I know, is... Uh, well, that's true. Yes, this right? is a new thing for me, yeah. <laughs> uh, Neil's obviously spent all his life... I like my tucker, um, and, but, um, you know, this has set the stall for, you know, when you think back to the 60s when your dad started it. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, uh, 67, he, uh, he opened Le Gavroche uh, uh, and uh, with his brother, Michel. And he's with us. Dad is with us. Look, if I can show you that. 
Let's have a look. That's that teddy bear that was made out of his chef's jacket. Oh, wow. So he's always here. Great. Always here. In fact, he's. You know what he's saying to you, Neil? <laughs> yeah, come on, you tell me. <laughs> Those tips you gave me, <laughs> they didn't win. <laughs> but, he, but he was a huge racing man, because obviously our yes. background's all racing. And you set out at. Um, back in Kent when he came over as a private chef. I, this is where I can't get my head around it. Back in the 60s when British food was pretty ordinary. Yes. Major Peter Caslett, sort of mm. bit of a Corinthian sportsman, top mm. trainer for the Queen Mother, brings your dad over. I mean, and then you're living in Kent and that's where you spent your childhood. Racing was at the heart of it. Yeah, I was born in Kent um, and uh, I was very, very nearly born on the estate. Uh, my father was the head chef, obviously, on his own. My mother was the kitchen helper, heavily pregnant, waters broke uh, and rushed to the hospital uh, as, as they were serving dinner. So I very, very nearly popped out into the professional kitchen. Remy, on that note, what have you got for us? Yes. So we have here for you the Ras Fini Blanc de Blanc 2018. So Chardonnay 100%, which is now his own appellation in England. PDO is Sussex. Wonderful. I'll drink to that. Yeah, come on, we're all drinking well, to that. Well, cheers. Happy day. Cheers. Uh, thank you so much, Michelle. And thanks I can't all believe the I'm drinking this after where we started this conversation. Mm. So, oh, oh, that's oh, nice. it's, oh. it's lovely. I mean, well, because when, when we travel on the road, he is a great advocate for English wine. And you think, you know, when 1960, it was a I mean, you must think, well, what's going on? This is extraordinary. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I, I, I have seen. The, the changes from, from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and you know, going on to now, the present yeah. moment, it is incredible, isn't it? The food scene now in the UK is, is, is magical, and, and I would say that London especially uh, rubs shoulders with Paris, New York, or you know, Tokyo, or wherever. Um, and people now come to the UK, not just to go and get a show or go to the races, um, they also come to enjoy good food. Uh, and I suppose dad and uncle played you know, a very, very big part in that. It was massive. It was absolutely massive. I mean, we, we, were, we were talking earlier, actually, just saying, you know, in terms of that influence and the influence you've had in terms of cuisine in this country and internationally mm. and, and, and inspiring chefs as well. It's been absolutely fantastic. Michelle. Yeah, that, that, that is very, very uh, important part of the Rue legacy, my father and uncle, and, and, and to, you know, hopefully mine as well, is yeah. to uh, be in a position where you can um, mentor and be a, um, a guiding light to the next generation mm. of young chefs and front of house. Yes. Um, so that, that was very much my father and uncle's philosophy to, to, to you know, encourage and be able to give them that opportunity to, uh, to achieve their dreams and their goals. Uh, and I've continued that. I mean, um, if you just take, for example, head chef here, Rachel, she started as, a, as an apprentice mm. uh, many years ago. I won't say how many years. <laughs> uh, and, and, now, and now is in charge. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it is fantastic to be able to do that. And uh, I think, you know, I, I take great pride in that, uh, in, uh, you know, like my father and uncle did. Uh, and, and I know my cousin as well does the same at the Waterside Inn. Right, right. I mean, when you think back to Kent and the racing, do you remember the horses and, and that? In fact, because the Queen Mother owned horses there. Um, did you ever meet her? Would she come round or yeah, with well, your dad? Your dad obviously was probably knew her really well. 
Yes, absolutely, and, and got very, very close with the Cazalet family. Um, and uh, I, I don't remember, uh, I don't remember Peter much. Um, I remember the stables, I remember the estate very much so, um, growing up there especially. And um, I do remember Zara. Uh, Zara Cazalet, very much a, a wonderful lady, very, very you know, warm and, uh, and generous and elegant and beautiful lady, uh, lady the real lady of the house. Um, the Queen Mum, I don't remember. There, there, there was a story uh, that uh, when Mum and Dad were, were dishing out lunch for the family and they were very, very busy, uh, I was in the kitchen and I must have wandered off down the corridor of the estate. Uh, next thing, the Queen Mum came into the kitchen with me in her arms uh, and said chef I think this one belongs to you <laughs> so I, I, I would have escaped from the kitchen as a, as a toddler yeah. you're listening to Horses for Courses with me Rupert Bell ex-pro jockey Lizzie Kelly and the wine tipster Neil Phillips in this special programme brought to you by TalkSport we sit down with the legendary Michelle Rue Jr. for lunch with a difference as we talk all things racing and beyond. This is Horses for Courses. I mean, your dad loved his racing, but then when what, when you move from, suddenly he says, well, I'm setting up a restaurant. Mm. Um, was that a big wrench or um, presumably your dad was ambitious and thought, well, time to move on from looking after the, the galloping major? Yeah, it, I mean, it was for, for him. He, you know, he decided it was time to move on. I think he saw a gap in the market mm. uh, because dad, is, dad was very much a, you know, a businessman and, and he could see, you know, he, he, loved, he loved taking risks and uh, mm. not well, he loved gambling. He was a bit of a gambler. Um, but, but he forecast. Yeah. He <laughs> did. But he, he liked taking calculated yeah. risks, and uh, I'm sure that he saw the gap in the market there, and saw that the the UK food scene was was pretty poor, uh, and you know let's go out there and, and, and do something. I think you're being generous. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't it the laughing stock? <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, okay. And you wouldn't have got this. Uh, no, that's for sure. <laughs> that's beautiful. Okay. Is it? What sure. do you think? Uh, jockey's weighing room portion. Is yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'll be able to do minimum weight on this. Yeah, this is good. I'll come every day. <laughs> yeah, fab. So Remy's, Remy's got a white wine, oh. an English white wine to go with this. Yes, you have here Chapeldon Winery. This is the Kitscotty Range Bacchus 2020. And they, they're from Kent, which is interesting enough, which is great. And they're, Bacchus, which is, I, yes. I think it's a wonderful grape and, and it works perfectly with this uh, mackerel that has got flavors of Japan uh, and it's quite zingy and I think it, it's just it yeah. is yeah it is a great um, fantastic grape when it is well um, made yes. because Bacchus can be really harsh as well mm. if it's unripe um, this one the secret is that has been passed in oak for six to eight months you will not feel it it's just give a little bit mm. more structure and complexity but as Michel said you have something zingy citrusy refreshing quite complex as well a little bit herbaceous as well that will highlight the freshness of the dish yeah and it's a good example just of what we're doing with sparkling and what we're doing with still wines and I have to say one thing as well Big racing fan involved with this wine as well, Andrew Carter. So he's a massive fan at Chapel Down of racing. So it's a nice link, actually. Mm. I'm not sure if Remy is a racing fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Ascot and I did like it. Okay. <laughs> and I did not lose money. As a freshman, I got to ask him, English wine I'm taking over. And I... At all. He's, he's, he's on the tasting menu. The Rasfinis by the glass. Yeah. Love it. 
Yeah. yeah. We serve it here and we're See, proud to serve it. But that's the change, isn't it? I mean, in a way, yeah. the whole thing has yes. changed. Suddenly eating, well, in the 60s, you got a, their idea of a spaghetti bolognese didn't, uh, was just appalling. Yeah. Um, but then it's all changed. So what, Michel, explain for Lizzie. Uh, right. okay. <laughs> so, Go on, Lizzie. We have um, a piece of mackerel that's been uh, cured, then flamed. So it's, okay. uh, it's, it's, it's sort of, it is cooked, but, but still very, very pink inside. Right. We've got a, um, it's like a mayonnaise that's uh, got miso in it. Yeah. Some red apple and some pickled radishes here. Uh, and some green apple here as well. So very, very zingy floral flavours, uh, sweet, sharp, so it's, it's salty uh, and fishy, obviously, from the mackerel. Small portion because we've got a bigger main course. And, of course, not forget, we've got, we've got lots of cheese to eat <laughs> yeah, later. We did see the cheese. Amazing. Weighing on food, Lizzie. Yeah. Discuss. Well, I think that Jockey Club Catering could probably shove a few chefs on. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is, this is much better. I mean, jockeys for a long time put up with, bizarrely, a lot of curry or mm. hot pot. And you think, well, we're all trying to lose weight. The last thing we can eat is hot pot. Yeah. Um, so there are a few more things on the menu, but yeah, nothing quite like this, which is uh, definitely a shame. Yeah, because you have to be so, so careful with your weight. I mean, you've got to... Yeah, yeah. I... Tiny portions, tiny morsels, and then jump in the sauna and lose more weight. Well, yeah. I mean, I went out for dinner one time when I was racing and um, had rides the next day. My weight was fine. I was like, right, I can go out for dinner. I tried pork belly for the first time. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. Woke up four pounds heavier. Oh dear, now I've got to go get the sweatsuit on and start running. So yeah, food was sort of a very tricky thing. Everything came with, if I cooked at home, it would be like salmon, salad, and, a, and quinoa actually, packets and packets of quinoa. So I'm a big fan of the old quinoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not put you off. <laughs> no, no, I still mm. happily get, get my way through quinoa. I must say I'm not the, not the biggest fan of quinoa. <laughs> so it's not on the menu here, no. quinoa. No, well, that's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, missing well. out, missing out, the masses are missing out. Well, this is, well. Mm. And the mackerel, where, where, does, where do you get the, the... This is Cornish mackerel. Right. Yep, and the vast majority of the ingredients that we use here at the restaurant are British. I suppose I'll quantify that. There are certain times in the seasons where there's obviously not quite enough sunshine in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we, we have to go to, uh, to Europe to, to get it. But I, I, I try and keep it to Europe and not go any further than that, because otherwise you really are outside the season. For example, we would never serve asparagus at this mm. time of the year. It would be ridiculous because yeah. they'd be coming from P Peru and they're definitely not as good yeah. as the English ones when they're in season. And it's lovely, lovely to be having mackerel. Because mm. sometimes people don't talk enough about mackerel. Mm. Um, I've got to say, just to talk about the backers, actually, for some kids. It goes well, well. Yeah, it certainly does. It really, yeah. It's, oh. that, that's, I mean, it's, it's stunning. That is a really doing a great job there at Chapel Down. The innovation's great, really. But it just shows you. Here we are, Rupert. You know, I know, well, I, you know, I'm, 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 I know you're well, you're well on board, but it's just the fact, here we are at the Gavroche, fantastic sparkling from us, and we've got a brilliant still wine from Chapel Down. Marvellous, really. Well, I, I love that. I love and and the, the, the mackerel, I mean, I used to go catching mackerel on the back of a boat, and my parents had no idea what they were doing it, and then you, then you just grill it mm. till it was 
Which one did that? That, oh, that is delicious. It is, isn't it? It, it? It's almost too delicious, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but when you're saying, yeah, we've got more to come. So, so when oh, you're what I can't work out, because I, th I think it's hard to think beyond one meal a day. When you're sitting, uh, do you wake up in the middle of the night? You know, it's like musicians where you suddenly think, I've got a song in my head. <laughs> do you wake up in the middle of the night and go, bingo, I know what to do with some mackerel? I mean, how does it work? No. Okay. Thankfully right. not. Uh, okay. I, I don't wake up in the middle of the night thinking mackerel. I wake up in the middle of the night thinking something else. Um, but no, it, it, I, think, I think inspiration for food and for recipes um, actually comes when I'm cooking or when, when I'm eating out or when I'm going to the market. It, 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 seeing, seeing raw produce really does sort of get my imagination flying. Um, and, and travel? Travel, yeah, I love traveling. Yeah. Absolutely love traveling. I mean, if, if, if I do travel, the first thing I do is, is go to try and find one of the local markets, see what the locals are eating. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I avoid the big resorts. Yeah. In, international food, you know, sp eating spaghetti bolognese in wherever in Japan or something is just wrong, isn't no, it? No. I mean, it, it, that, it's, that, it's that, just that's wrong. A, that's a non-runner. <laughs> that is definitely a non-runner. <laughs> so when did you, did you know, okay, was it, it because you got your dad and everyone, did, was it inherent, it's like passed on that your love of food, or did you suddenly think, no, it's the last thing I want to do? No, no. Um, well, I, I mentioned that I was almost born in the kitchen. So, so from day one of my life, um, I've been in the kitchen. So for me, it was just a very, very normal, natural progression. Um, and I, I can't imagine doing anything other than being either a chef or in you know, the hospitality industry. It's, it's a wonderful place to be. Um, it's, um, it's at times a hard work, yes, but then, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to sit in an office nine to five. I mean, it's just not me. Um, I would get terribly, terribly bored. So, no, and the great thing about the hospitality industry is every day is different. Every day, has, you know, throws up a different challenge. So it's it's never a dull moment. Do you remember your first meal you cooked? <gasps> no. Professionally, professionally, you thought I'm, when suddenly you cook something for somebody, you eat it, or do you just? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, at home, it would have been cooking with my mum or helping her to cook. So you know, just home fair. Uh, but your home fair might have been better than normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but we eat very simply at home. I mean, it's not fancy stuff like I've just served for you. I mean, it really would be. I mean, my mum's shepherd's pie is the best shepherd's pie. You've yeah, I find that always uh, interesting. It's, it's what know, chefs have at home. Yeah, very, very yeah. simple. Okay, so what um, does she do to the shepherd's what did she, What was in the shepherd's pie that made it? Ah, uh, yeah, but that would be telling, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> because everyone loves a shepherd's pie. That's secret, you'll have to ask mum. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know what she puts in it, but it's, it is. And that's know, a very English dish. It is, but in France, we call it an ashi parmentier. Uh, sorry, Ashie <laughs> <laughs> Parmentier. It's the it's the same dish. It's the same. It yeah. sounds better though, doesn't it? <laughs> bring it out. <laughs> so next time you cook yeah. for, for, for Ed, you bring, yeah. you bring an Ashie. What was that? It's, it's really Ashie Parmentier. It's really interesting that you say that because you you, you automatically say no. It's an English dish. Well, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. We have it in France as well, an Ashie Parmentier, uh, and uh, yeah, who. Who knows? Maybe the French brought it over to England. I don't know. It's I don't know the origins of it. But yeah. here we go. But it was a sort of it was a classic sort of leftovers dish, wasn't it? Yeah. So if you think about it, 
weekend, put the potatoes on, yeah. and away you go. But it's what you do in between. And obviously, Indeed. the ashy pomegranate version <laughs> has got something else going on. There's better quality herbs in it, probably. That, well, that would be better, better quality herbs. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm such a foodie. Uh, it's probably got was, a bit of wine in yeah. it as well. Well, he would have slopped a bit of good. That, and, and obviously, the, the racing side of things. With your your dad loved his racing. Yes. Do you, do you remember going racing as a as a kid? Or how would it how would it? I, I, I definitely remember Fairlawn, and I remember the stables, and I remember the the, the horses there for sure. Um, I don't really remember as a as a child going to the races with Dad, although I know he did, um, and he was he was you know a, he used to study form and get the racing post, and he was yeah, a very very much an avid uh, lover of, of the races, um, both uh, flats and the uh, and the jumps. So yeah, he all year round he'd be he'd be, he'd be glued to the screens or, or off to the races. But I hope uh, he had a chance to back Lizzie win a race before he before he because <laughs> Lizzie won a few. Um, Shout the festival. Yeah. Yeah. Twice, yeah, yeah. Twice. Yeah. yeah. Grade one winners. Yeah. Yeah. Still Still not eating. <laughs> you are today. Yeah, thankfully. So you, rem you remember that, but then obviously you are now involved with the Jockey Club. Mm, and yes. how much do you enjoy, okay, this is your heart and soul, but now you're moving on and you'll be going to, well, we talk sport. Cheltenham is a bit of an institution. Oh, gosh, yes. And um, it is, well, Alan Brazil and all that lot, they they take it very seriously. From an Jacobs as well. Yeah, yeah, they take it very seriously. So, and, um, and uh, I just wondered how much, you know, going to Cheltenham and, and then, what, the Epsom and, and the Guineas, yeah. how much you're going to enjoy that side? Will it be as intense or is it a different kind of thing? It, it is It is different. I mean, I, I really enjoyed Cheltenham, uh, other than that horrible cold, well, not cold, freezing wind that comes on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, I'm in, a, I'm in a nice marquee. You, for example, <laughs> on, on top of a horse <laughs> and having to put up with that. Um, it, yeah, it, it is bitterly cold, isn't it? When that wind comes up there, it's freezing. But um, no, it, it's, it's a great ambience. In fact, it's a fantastic ambience. Um, and Cheltenham is, is I think, unique. Uh, it, 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 it's like no other race festival. No, uh, and in fact, the, uh, the 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 guineas uh, and uh, the derby as well. I mean, the, the people flying in from all over the world for those events, yeah. and and there's such a, such a great atmosphere, great buzz. So I I come from that side. Uh, I'm not a huge race fan. I'm you know I'm not going to be putting loads of money on this and that, and I don't study form like that. But what I do enjoy is going to these fantastic events, uh, sporting events, uh, and to be part of it and to see everybody enjoying themselves and cheering and, and getting a bit merry when, they, when the, their horses come in. And it's just brilliant. It's just great to be part of it. It is fantastic. I mean, it is interesting, like with Cheltenham, you know, you, you've got Shea Rue, which is just a great, a great, you mm. down the course as well, which is, I always think, a great view of the country. Uh, the horses out in the country oh, there, coming to jump the last as well. You've got a fantastic view from there and all that excitement. You never had time to wave at the Lizzie, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Lizzie was yeah, yeah. Point, on my yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a great view Actually, when horses are galloping past me, yeah, yeah. That means you're going yeah. backwards. You, you shout out your dessert request. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so jumped over the last or something like that. But, but it's the fact, it's also the scale as well, because you've got 500 guests in Shea Rue. And, and the difference. And, and every, they're all, because it's your restaurant. Like, when you come here, you you know the people coming. They go. They have a set level of expectation. Mm. You every night 
you've got to produce something that that yes. person is going to think is the most sensational. So when they go racing, it's the same thing. They say, oh, it's your name means you can't let the side down. Do you, do, do you enjoy that side of it or is that? Very just... much so, yes. I mean, it, it, it's that buzz, it's the, uh, uh, the anticipation. Uh, and as I said, you know, Every day, every, every service is mm -hmm. different and will throw up different challenges. So it's, uh, it, it is, it's, uh, and um, Cheltenham, it's, you said 500, it's actually nearer 600. I mean, it, it's, well, come on, Neil, do, yeah. do your research. Yeah. <laughs> 600 mouths to be fed. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, it is full on, it's yeah. very much But full something on. beautiful about Chelt the festival is, is actually packing your bag and getting all your stuff and, it must be some like logistical mm. mission to get oh, sort of from here to Cheltenham for a week, knowing that you've got to cook for all these people. And, 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 and it's not your kitchen, if you know what I mean. It's a commercial kitchen brought in. Or, or, or do you oversee that and say, I need... So we do oversee, um, but at the end of the day, it's a tent. <laughs> it might be there you go. <laughs> it might be called a marquee, but it's a tent. <laughs> To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. You're listening to Horses for Courses with me, Rupert Bell, ex-pro jockey Lizzie Kelly, and the wine tipster Neil Phillips for a special programme brought to you by TalkSport, where we sit down with the legendary Michel Roux Jr. for lunch with a difference as we talk all things racing and beyond. Here's what's coming up. The uh, Manchester United... Got to the final, cup final, and the night before the cup final, the uh, then owners of Manchester United, the Edwards family, came to dinner at the Gavroche. And they enjoyed their meal so much, they left two tickets for the cup final at the Old Wembley. I saw them lose, but I fell in love with Manchester United and have followed them ever since, and uh, it was just good fun, great fun. When you finally turn the light out on here, mm. will you cry? That's, that's, that's a tough one, Rupert. I mean, when I announced to the staff uh, and when I press released it, um, it was very emotional. Emotional mm. for me and mm. some of my team as well, mm. welled up. Um, 
my last week here is going to be very, very difficult. Mm. It's going to be very difficult for, for the team too. Uh, and I probably will burst into tears no. and probably will at one stage, but, but it, it's, it's, it's been part of my life. This is, you know, I've spent 35 years at the helm here, which is mm. far longer than my father was at the helm. And, uh, and so it's a huge chunk of my life. Remy, what have we gotten for red wine to go with this wonderful venison? Uh, wonderful Terrasse du Larsac, Ma Julien, mm. family owned estate, um, north of Montpellier, 2008 vintage. You have here a blend of uh, Syrah, Carignan, Mourvedre, and Grenache. Uh, quite complex, intense. You have beautiful notes of, I would say, gamey character, black fruit, a little bit of spices, as we call Gary as well, this herbal note you will have, the roundness, deepness on the palate is a beautiful wine um, that you won't be able to find anymore. Uh, they have changed the appellation, I mean, you can still find the current wine at the moment, but not those vintages. Wow, here we yeah. are. This is, amazing, isn't it? it's still, I mean, actually 15 years old as well. Still, he doesn't show no. 15 years old at all. It's a sign that you can enjoy. Oh Rupert's having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You're really, you're really sort of this, this idea doing, outside yeah, yeah. the loo is really <laughs> taking yeah, yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> you were really yeah, completely. You uh, were going home. See, we, we, we drink wine far too early nowadays, <laughs> and you had to come to, to the garage to yes. enjoy such a wine. Totally. You know, we started off with a 2000, 2018 Blanc de Blanc, and here we are. Which was fantastic. Yeah, and here we are. Even like four or five years old, it's beautiful. This is, yeah, 15 years of age. Still youthful. Exactly. Indeed. Like us. Anyway. <laughs> Lizzie Thank was you. only 15 at the time. Uh, so we've got a, a fillet of venison um, with a green peppercorn sauce, some um, puree of Swede, um, beetroot and blackberries. So very autumnal. Uh, Indeed. Befitting of the time of year. Yes. We're backing up. And the venison, presumably, where, where do you get... Is that from... Yeah. Stop taking photographs. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> it has got to be done. I know it's frowned upon and various, no, no, but look at it. It's beautiful. Mm. Now, I love venison. Oh, yes. So the other thing is, I notice here there's Alex Ferguson uh -huh. out of uh, books. Now, you were saying that he used to come here, but you are a Manchester United fan. Now, I reckon, because we're all, three of us are around about the same age, okay? Lizzie, you're all right. <laughs> okay. uh, Manchester United were a, any why living in Kent. You could have gone for a London team, um, but Manchester United, the late great Bobby Charlton, was it all to do with that, or was there some other? No. So in 1976, so I was 16 at the time, uh, and the Gavroche had been opened for, for a few years then. Uh, the uh, Manchester United got to the final, cup final. And the night before the cup final, the uh, then owners of Manchester United, the Edwards family, came to dinner at the Gavroche. And they enjoyed their meal so much, they left two tickets for the cup final, the old Wembley, uh, on the table as a way of thanks. And Dad came back with one ticket uh, and gave it to me, and the other ticket went to Silvano, the uh, front of house manager. So. Off I went to Wembley. I saw them lose, but I fell in love with Manchester United and have followed them ever since. And uh, I, I now go to almost all of the London games uh, and I've been to Old Trafford many, many times and I used to follow them 
going abroad as well mm. uh, with the lads, not with the hospitality. So it was, uh, it was just good fun, great fun. But um, that's, that's my story. That is why I am a United fan. That's a pretty good reason. Who did you lose to? I can't remember. 76. Come on, talk, talk, come on. I think I'll just have some more. Well, they, basically, it was the only matches they ever saw on the TV then were cup finals. So I thought it might have been the sort of, you might have watched the European Cup winning 68 as an eight-year-old. But the idea right. of you being able to get to football matches, mm. how do you juggle, you know, if they're playing in London on a Tuesday evening, you rely on, do you say tonight, sorry, United, how does it, it all work? Depend, well, it all depends on staffing levels and, you know, who I've got here at the, um, um, to look after the fort whilst I'm away. Um, I'm very hands-on, I'm here most days, um, as you guys know. And um, you know, I've got a, a great team, uh, head chef Rachel, who's been with us for a long, long time now, and, uh, you know, and, and front of house. You've seen the twins here, you've seen, seen and heard Remy. Yeah. Um, and has, hasn't Remy got a wonderful voice for yeah. radio? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's just got that Basically, lovely French he can, accent, hasn't he? He can sell me anything. <laughs> it's going to be good, right? I don't, but, you know, basically, uh, I'll just drink it and know it must be good. But, how many people are in the team? So in total, we're 48. Okay, and how many people are in the kitchen of that 48? Um, 14. Oh, okay, that's quite a lot, isn't it? It's a lot of people to well, like to, to well, sort of, look over. Well, the other thing is, you've, it's interesting in terms of preparation, because you've actually got, when did the team first arrive in the morning for dinner service? Because I know I've been in here at lunchtime, Okay, don't away. show off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, that sounded terrible, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but they're coming in, coming in early. Well, early doors. Now, now that we're shut for lunch, we're no longer open for lunch. We just do the dinner service, so um, everybody gets a lie in, and uh, they, they come in around midday and get get stuff ready for uh, for the evening service. Um, and we're here having a late lunch, um, and uh, if we don't hurry up and eat our, our dinner, oh, and we're, we're gonna you're, you're going to get kicked well, out. I, I said to you, we're gonna, well, that's yeah, be my fault. I, I did say to you, we're going to go. Set. Actually, just number a uh, number of covers as well, because mm. just an idea on that with the team mm. here as well. So we're a 65 seater restaurant, mm. um, and uh, we because we now open at five o'clock in the evening. Mm. And it's incredible the amount of people that want to eat early. We can relay tables quite easily before nine o'clock. Uh, so tonight we've got just shy of 90 covers booked. So it's, um, it's a busy one. It is a busy one. Yeah, and I think, I think actually what's really great as well is the fact that Emily, your daughter's mm. at the races as well. Yeah. And Emily and, and really loves going around. Did, did you encourage her to be a chef? No, not at all. Sorry, I've got a mouthful. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, 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 they're good mouthful. Very good. Those beetroot are so sweet. They're lovely. The, I, I didn't encourage my daughter, um, not at all, in the same way that I wasn't you know, encouraged or pushed into it by, by my father. Um, but from a very, very young age, she's always said she wanted to be a chef. Uh, so, you know, uh, and my, 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 um, my wife tried to discourage her. <laughs> She said, look at your dad. He comes home, he's grumpy, he stinks. <laughs> uh, look at his hands, uh, you know, and, and he works all these hours and you, you never see him on a Sunday because he just sleeps. And, and she said, no, no, I don't care. I, you know, I want to be a chef. And, and you know, but it, do so, huh? it used to be very male-orientated. Like, our, 
racing. Yeah. Lizzie was a pathfinder. And uh, okay, we go back to the commentary. She said, I was told never to be a jump jockey. Mm. Uh, and then Rachel goes and wins the Grand National. Yeah. Do what, was it very much, were you thinking it's male or it's tough? It's, or how were you? Um, or was it the world was changing then? And the world has changed, thankfully. Um, and, and it was changing then too. But um, um, yeah, she, I mean, she worked most of the time in France and sadly in France there are still some real dinosaurs that think that the, the, the chef, the, the, the kitchens is a male uh, sort of bastion and must be, you know, must be sort of uh, just that no, you know, and, and cannot accept uh, female chefs and cannot accept even taking orders from a female chef. So, so, you know, that's, oh, that, that is, yeah. There, there are a few dinosaurs still in yeah. this country, yes. um, but, yes. but, you know, very, very few now. And I think that's fantastic. And my father has always uh, genuinely encouraged female chefs here at Le Gavroche. We've always, always had female chefs here. Uh, and likewise uh, for me, I mean, we're, the kitchen team are about 50-50 now. Um, mm. and, and I think that's the way it should be. And there is absolutely no reason why um, you know, women can't do the same job, if not better, in the kitchen. Completely. Over, to, over to you. Yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Talent, talent yeah. is on an individual scale, isn't yeah. it? Whether yeah. you're whether you're female or male, and obviously, you know, being brought up in the environment gives you an advantage. As I felt when I was a jockey, I had sat on racehorses since the age of about six. Mm. Of mm. course, I was going to be better than someone who'd started at sixteen. It was it would have been ludicrous to suggest otherwise, yeah. just because they were a male. So, I think it's. You know, it's the talent and, and, and the skill that's, that that per individual person has. And I don't think that you can, you know, you can particularly um, suggest that one thing, is, you know, one person's going to be worse just simply because of their gender. I mean, it's just a completely ridiculous mm. argument. I agree. And obviously, you know, your daughter's, like yourself, brought up in that environment. And the, the stuff you pick up along the way, you know, mm. we're talking about, about cooking and, and riding racehorses are two very different things, <laughs> but the theory still stands yeah. for both so, of them. But you said the environment, though. That's the thing. The environment was a very, in your when you started out, still, the weighing room was a very male-dominated mm. society. Mm. When you started out, Michelle, Okay, your dad was a saw that where it was going, but you get know that back in the eighties it would have been incredibly, you know, um, male dominated. Absolutely, absolutely, incredibly uh, male dominated and, and um, high pressure and macho, um, mm. and, and thankfully that's been knocked on the head. I, I think to be a great chef, uh, you have to also be a great manager. Uh, you have to manage your team. Uh, and by that I mean your chefs, but also the front of house. And um, you, you, you get to know your team in, as individuals, and you know that mm. some respond better with an arm around the shoulder, some will respond better with taking out the back and giving a, a really good rollicking, uh, the hairdryer treatment, as it were, for, you know, from Sir Alex. Um, and, and others, it's, you know, you'll, you'll maybe go another route. But, and, and that, that, that is how I think you, you get successful in any business, not just in, in, you know, in hospitality. You have to get to know each individual and, and work with them and coax the best out of each one. You're listening to Horses for Courses with me, Rupert Bell, ex-pro jockey Lizzie Kelly and the wine tipster Neil Phillips. 
In this special programme brought to you by TalkSport, we sit down with the legendary Michel Roux Jr. for lunch with a difference as we talk all things racing and beyond. This is Horses for Courses. I, the other thing I've got to ask you about, because obviously you're in pretty good shape, but being around a kitchen, let's be honest, this food's quite good. Mm. I'd be eating all day. <laughs> right? I'd yes. be the side. I'd Thank be you. The, I'd just be hidden the, in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd just be the side of a house. But the thing is, um, a man who's done a three-hour, 30-minute marathon, um, when do you find time? Because if you're running 26 miles, that's um, well, three hours and 30 minutes of your life taken out. Mm. So presumably, do you, did you, do you run to work? Um, <laughs> I, I didn't see you turn up in your running trousers today. But I mean, presumably, that's part of your sporting. I mean, is it that's where you think of a recipe and when you're pounding the streets of wherever London Marathon. I don't know how many times you've done it, but, you know. Right. Now, let, let, let's get facts right. 13 London Marathons, 21 in total. Uh, and 3.13 is my best time. Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make That's the fact you wanted to get right. Forget the others, three hours 13. That's quite good. By any, last year? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, uh, my knees are shot. They, they, yeah. I can't run marathons anymore. Um, yeah. Have you done a few ultras as well? Yes, ultras as well yeah. So how, what, how long is an ultra? Uh, anything over 50 kilometers. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so thank yeah, you. Yeah. I did a hundred kilometer race once and uh, that, that, that was mentally very, very tough. It's not physically because if you're, if you're trained to do that, you, you, can, you can do it. Um, but mentally, it was, yeah, it was, that's a big one. Yeah, but I, I, I found that running, uh, I, I took it up seriously. It, was, it became an obsession, um, not just for physical health. We all know that you know exercise mm -hmm. is good for physical mm -hmm. health. It was for mental health, um, and and now you know I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for physical uh, exercise. Uh, it doesn't have to be as extreme as running marathons, no. No, but sure. but even just 20 minutes, you know, on the treadmill yeah. or 20 minutes outside in the air, walking fast. And it's a fantastic way to relieve stress and to clear your mind. Uh, and that really did it for me. That was great. And the other, the other thing is when you're running, you, you like to listen to a bit of music as well. Write <laughs> <laughs> down some music. I, I did actually talk to you earlier. I just said, you know, I know you're a big David Bowie fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, David Bowie, but there's a lot of others. As long as it's not French rap. Yeah, correct. <laughs> what is French rap? Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know where that genre is, actually. But I mean, ex-punk rocker. But okay, well, what do you like listening to? Come on. Um, yeah, I am obviously a David Bowie fan, huge Bowie fan. But um, yeah, I, mean, I, I grew up. He didn't I, come in here, did he? No. Oh, damn, no. <laughs> Just hoping, you know, the idea that we're sitting in David Bowie's chair. No, 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 no. sadly not. Um, but, but many others have. Uh, yeah, I, I have a very eclectic taste in music. But, but I suppose because I, I, I was brought up in punk music, uh, Which back was a great in the, time, back in the 70s. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, heavy metal. So, sex pistols, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, no, no. 1977. Listen to enough of my dad's music. Yeah, there you go. Dad's music. 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 Dad's Pretty eclectic, I must say. But but I, I I enjoy, you know, all the newish stuff as well. Stuff that you would have on your 
Spotify. I'm, I'm actually a big fan of classical music. So I enjoy classical music. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm very classical much, music yeah. was always on in the house with mum and dad. They, yeah. they loved their classical music, as well as all the other French not rap, but French. <laughs> yeah. 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 Michel does and all that. But. As we say, she could have been an opera singer. Yes, I was trained in See? classical music. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it could have been Royal Opera House or Cheltenham Festival. Yeah, I'm glad I chose Cheltenham Festival. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right, we've got a, uh, uh, okay, cheese. cheese board cheese. in front of us. Yeah. And Remy has uh, just served wow. us a lovely bit of port. Uh, yes, a little bit of a port. <laughs> Graham's 20 years old, Tony. Um, soft, fruity touch of spice, but really fluid, digest, and versatile for Can the I cheese. Just, what, what say? It's the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't see bottles like that. Just, just for the night. <laughs> we have to finish it tonight. No, no, no. <laughs> what size is that? 4.5 liter. That is a bottle. <laughs> Do you know what, actually, so Remy? I make a really good slow gin and a really good blackberry gin. Is it an invitation? Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are, you, are, you, are you offering it for I'm commercial to sale? I'm listing. Yeah, I, I should send a bottle, really, shouldn't I? Yeah, I think you should. Mind you, it might not be ready by January. I'll have to have a forwarding address. We, we have to postpone the closing. <laughs> have, you, have you got a space for slow gin? You haven't. You always have space for, for yeah, good yeah, drinks. You know, good beverage is always a space. Slow, slow bush at home, which I take them all off. Very nice. Yeah. Mind you, the weather's upsetting me at the moment because it's not it's not frozen, so I can't pick them oh, yeah, yet. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. 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 Ah, she knows her country. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cheers. Thank you, Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, well, cheers. So. The cheeses are, Michelle, are your t do, what have we got here? Oh, gosh, that is pork. That's really good, that pork, isn't it? So we have a um, Beauvale, Beauvale here, which is English, and in the style of uh, almost like a creamy gorgonzola. Oh, nice. Oh, love the sound of that. Uh, we have a uh, goat's cheese log uh, from France in the south of France, a Provence style. Uh, which has lovely flavours of la garrigue uh, and the herbs that they eat. The other one is a Pont Levesque, classic French. And then the far end one over there is a cheddar. This is unique. We are the only ones to have it. It's a David Stowe seven-year-old. Oh, okay. wow. Seven-year-old. You don't put that in a macaroni cheese, then, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. I'll just call this David Stowe. Michelle's having an yeah. absolute meltdown. Oh. No, no, that, that would improve the macaroni cheese like the shepherd's pie. <laughs> oh, but you call it something French and sexy. And, and <laughs> so and where, where does it come from then? Because you're from the West Country, mm. Cheddar Country. So where, where about, do you know it's... Exact David Stowe where it is, it's in Cornwall. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, okay. there we and, go. And so, how do you stumble across something like I this? I think. Well, I'll double check on that one, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure I'm you're having doubts now. I've yeah. had too much to drink. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's, so you will try and find, and so those people will be real artisans, won't they? If they're any, they can't be producing much. <laughs> so actually, David Stowe are a very, very big manufacturer. Mm. And, and they, they produce uh, some ordinary, say ordinary, mm. some basic cheddars that you can put on your macaroni right, cheese. Right, thank yeah, you. That you buy in the supermarket. Absolutely. Yeah. And then they do a three-year, and they have now launched a five-year as well, which is available in the top-end supermarkets uh, at a premium. 
Uh, but they age some even further for me here, uh, and that is the seven-year-old. Wow. And it is incredible. And it is that kind of cheddar. And you can feel the, uh, the crystals in there, and it's got, it's got a buttery texture. It's, it's really incredible. So, so when you order a cheese board here, do you choose the cheeses? Or do you... Yes. Or do you choose the cheeses? No, no, no. The guests will choose the cheese. Oh, okay, cool. So you get, you get, I mean, it's normally around seven different pieces of cheese on there. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, because some, some people like washed rinds or, you know, only blues or whatever. So we can just do a nice plate. Is cheese your... Always been a pa well, yeah. passion. Love cheese. I could live <laughs> off cheese. It's a great life. I really could. Are you passionate about cheese? What? What? No, not like not like Michelle. I, I, I could live no, off. See, I really, really could live off cheese. Right, why are you being so disrespectful of me, Lizzie? Can I ask a question? I thought it was quite an intelligent question for a change. I mean, I've got some biscuits for you. Uh, you know, I know. That does make a change. <laughs> Thank you, Lizzie. Your port's taking effect. Uh, <laughs> it goes down a treat, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that port is... is uh, uh, we, uh, I'm just, I've drunk some port in the time. There's <laughs> also now, some bread, if you want. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, we're so lucky to be eating here, and I'll tell you what, that cheddar from... David's uh, That is out of the top drawer. Um, when you finally turn the light out on here, mm. will you cry? That's, that's, that's a tough one, Rupert. I mean, when I announced to the staff, uh, and when I press released it, um, it was very emotional. Emotional mm. for me, mm. some of my team as well, mm. welled up. Um, now, at the moment, um, we're not really thinking about that because we're so busy and it's great because it keeps us really focused. Um, last night, I very nearly did. Uh, a guest brought a lovely card to say thank you to the team and mm. a big bunch of flowers for me. Mm. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's, it, it is tough. I think my last week here is going to be very, very difficult. Mm. It's going to be very difficult for, for the team too. Uh, and I probably will burst into tears no. and probably will at one stage, but, but it, it's, it's, it's been part of my life. This is, you know, I've spent 35 years at the helm here, which mm. is far longer than my father was at the helm. And, uh, and so it's a huge chunk of my life. And so will all the team, by the way. Yeah. That whole team experience here. Hmm. But can I say, when we turn up to Cheltenham in March, <laughs> <laughs> We're normally quite busy for talk sport, yeah. but if there's any chance that we can sneak in through the, te through the temporary kitchen up there and eat whatever in, uh, under the current, you know, and have whatever, we can't wait to see you there. But can I just say on behalf of Lizzie and Neil, best of luck for the future yeah, and uh, thank you so much cheers. for the most delicious yes, food. Courses for courses. It started outside a loo. <laughs> Heaven knows where it's going to take us, but right now it's taken me with another glass of port. Michelle, thank you and all the best. Don't cry too much. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. The Talk Sport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.